It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. happening what's good it's your boy bear Motter of rams podcast but this is lockdown rams victory monday i swear people that never gets old especially when it's against the seahawks the rams win sunday night football in impressive fashion yes that's right the rams win in impressive fashion for the second straight week again this one was against the seahawks 28 to 12. We're going to break it all down here on the Victory Monday podcast of Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. Man, I was nervous, just like many people coming into this game, wondering what Los Angeles Rams football team was going to show up in front of the national crowd the last time we saw them on national television. It was against the Ravens. We all know how that went. And you know what? Thank you, Ravens, for whooping our butt and allowing us to have this comeback. They always say the comeback is greater than the setback, and that is what the Rams have been proving the last couple games offensively. Defensively, the Rams put it together tonight. They came out of the gate hot, and they finished this thing in the fourth quarter, getting to Russell Wilson, sacking him, and then a Troy Hill interception to wrap it up. It was another crazy day in the NFL, and the Rams capped off that Sunday night with the win. The Niners win in a wild one, and with the Seahawks loss, they go back up to first in the NFC West, and in fact now have home playoff advantage in the tiebreaker over New Orleans. With three games left, this thing could go through San Francisco. We will have a game there in two weeks, so we'll find out real quick if we can go up there and play. But this Rams team, as hot as they are right now, I don't think anyone wants to see them in the playoffs, especially the way this defense is playing. And if the offense shows up to get out of town, this team is dynamite on both sides of the ball. 
But like I said, to open this thing up, we've got a lot to get to. Before we get going, make sure to go give us a follow. Locked on Rams on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook group. I'm going to get to some of those comments I've seen roll through on the Facebook group later in the show. Also, for downloading the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Himalaya. We are all over the place. Anywhere you find or stream podcasts, we're there. And if we're not, let me know. But again, a jam-packed show. So with that, let's just get right into it. I'm Bear Motter with Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. 28-17, the Rams beat down the Seattle Seahawks in front of 71,000 fans at the Coliseum. The last primetime game for the Rams at the Coliseum, and man, did they show out in a big way. The Rams take their first possession, and they march right down the field. Jared Goff was 6-7, of seven, delivering left and right. Big third down conversions to keep it going. A beautiful fake screen, deep throw to Higby that set up a Malcolm Brown punch and touchdown. In fact, the Rams were really hot out of the gate in this one. They scored 21 of their 28 points in the first half. And looking deeper into that, they scored those 21 points in three of their first four possessions. McVay talked about the second half and how there were some opportunities that let slip. They had a block field goal of Greg Zerline. They had two Jared Goff turnovers. One was a miscommunication that ended up for a pick six. That never helps. The other one was basically a punt throwaway. On a third down, he was getting pressure up. But overall, Jared Goff played extremely well. From the very beginning, you could see he was comfortable in this one. 293 yards. Todd Gurley helped out with 23 carries, 79 yards. And even Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds chipped in. They had five end arounds for the wide receivers that totaled 58 yards. The Rams in total had 35 carries for 162 yards. Jared Goff talked about that balance, being able to run the football with Todd Gurley to set up the pass, make it a lot easier than him. He also talked about working out of the no huddle offense and what that's like for him. So here's Jared Goff talking about no huddle offense and the importance of Todd Gurley with him and that passing game. Yeah, there's, a, there's a bunch of things it does. It slows down the rush, allowed, allows us to get them set. And, um, you know, they're, they're inevitably a little bit tired when we are going no huddle. And it's also something I've done my whole life. I've always been in no huddle since I was in high school, so it is a little bit of a comfort zone for me, and um, we've done a good job of it. Jared, when Todd is as productive as he is on that play tonight, what does that do for you and your offense? Opens everything. It opens everything. It's it's it starts with him, and when he's rolling and we're rolling the run game, it, it opens up everything. We're able to do what we want to do, and um, tonight was a perfect example of that. There you have it, straight from QB one's mouth after the game in the press conference. One, he likes working that no-huddle offense. And you see when the Rams play into that, you can tell Jared Goff starts to get really comfortable. When they're moving the football, defenses are getting tired. They're taking advantage in multiple ways. That's Robert Woods. That's Tyler Higby. And, of course, that's Todd Gurley as well. And if you look at it, those three guys have averaged over 100 yards from scrimmage not only this game, but last game as well. Those three players has really picked it up. And Jared Goff, even later in that press conference, talking about Higby, said, well, hey, he's getting some more playing time as well. They've switched to a little bit more of a bigger set. In fact, Cooper Cup, who entered tonight averaging 86% of the Rams' offensive snaps and had never played fewer than 39% of the snaps in a game, played just 32% of the snaps tonight. And that is really for the Rams going to a bigger set. I really like what McVay's doing here with the play calling. Yes, want to see... Cooper Cup involved in the game plan and getting his love too through the air. But hey, when you got these guys producing, stick to what is working. I'd like to see us continue that even when Gerald Everett comes back. I hope this doesn't change how McVay uses these guys to attack. But that didn't stop Cooper Cup from getting in the end zone. His seventh touchdown of the season and a new career best single season touchdown for him. Although he had limited snaps, he still pitched in four catches, 45 yards, and that touchdown 
four catches, four targets. You throw to him, he's going to catch it. Cooper Cup, and you won't hear him complain about the snap count. But we'll talk more about that on the other side because there's a couple other position groups that have been playing really, really well. And we haven't even gotten to this defense yet. Come on, folks. We got a great episode for you guys today. Also, if you're a Spotify listener, use the Spotify wrapped to show us as your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and myself, LA underscore Rambling Bear, or the podcast, Locked On Rams on Twitter, and we will share and retweet it. We got a lot more to get to. Monday edition, Locked On Rams, Victory Monday. More after this. But first, I want to talk to you about one of our sponsors, Blue Chew. You guys know the deal. Blue Chew is not only for the guys who can't perform, but those guys looking for an extra little boost in the bedroom. And any way you cut it, the Rams have been listening to us here on Lockdown Rams because they are popping those Blue Chew left and right. Three of the first four drives led to touchdowns. So right there's your proof. Blue Chew kicks in right away. And I got to give McVay credit because... He finally is allowing the defense to share it with the offense. That's been great because our defense has been lights out as well. Stiffening up all over the board in the secondary, on the D-line. Those guys are bringing it. Blue Chew, remember, you can take day or night. So whether it's a morning game or a Sunday night football game, the Rams don't have to worry on a full stomach, empty stomach, Gatorade, you name it. Blue Chew is going to kick in and work for you. No more going to the pharmacy and having to wait in doctor's appointments and all that stuff. It's prescribed online and shipped straight to you. It's made in the U.S. And right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when using the promo code Locked on. All you do is pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue Chew. B-L-U-E. Chew.com. Promo code Locked on. Blue Chew is better, faster, and the cheaper choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Also sponsoring the podcast, my man Billy Adams down there at Metro Infinity. If you guys don't know where to find them, it's easy. It's just off the 210 in Monrovia. That's 821 East Central Monrovia. You got to go check out their brand new multi-million dollar facility. They've got an amazing selection of new and used cars. And like I said, we're on a two-game win streak. We are at the high of highs for this ramp. So head down to the dealership. Try out a car. Go for a test drive. Enjoy yourself. They've got some amazing vehicles down there. Right now, you can get a 2019 Q50 Luxury with $1,500 down. Is $350 a month with tax included. Oh, and if you mention Lockdown Ramps, he's going to give you $500 off right there on the spot. And again, you know about them already, but they're not like your other dealerships. They're not going to haggle you for price. They're not going to stalk you and call you every five seconds. No, they're going to make this a comfortable buying experience because they don't just want you as a customer this one time. They want to build you as a customer for life, and they are going to represent that in the best customer service possible. They are the only dealer in California that's been family-owned and has been in business for over 25 years. Plus, they're the number one volume dealer in California, so you got to go check them out. Say what's up to my man, Billy Adams. Give him a call, 626-599-7510, or go online, metroinfinity.com. Again, Metro Infinity, 821 East Central Monrovia, just off the 210 in Monrovia, and a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. It is Victory Monday, and we are back here, Lockdown Rams, breaking it all down. As I mentioned on the other side, I was talking about golf. I was talking about the offense moving. I didn't even get to all the pieces that were great on that offense. 
And yet, here we are in the second segment. We haven't talked about the defense yet. They were great again. This is the seventh time this year that the Rams defense has held an opponent to 13 points or fewer. That leads the NFL. And they did it again tonight. And really, they didn't give up a touchdown. That touchdown was a pick six from Jared Goff going the other way. So in a sense, the Rams only gave up six points defensively. We talked coming into this game that getting to Russell Wilson is going to be key. He is a guy that can get off his mark and still be successful in a play. The Rams did a great job, not only at the line of scrimmage and getting to him, in which they sacked him five times for a loss of 43 total yards. DK Metcalf was the biggest target for Russell last night. Six catches, 78 yards. Jalen Ramsey does continue to give up some yards, but man, you saw him get in the head of the young wide receiver, cost him a 15-yard penalty, and penalties. We will talk about that later, but wow, really impressed what the Rams did on that front as well. Corey Littleton led the way again with 10 tackles, 8 solo, 1 tackle for loss. Samson Ibukum, something about the bright lights. He plays extremely well. He had 2 sacks, 5 tackles, 4 total, 4 solo. Dante Fowler, again, he was everywhere in the run game, in the pass game, putting pressure on. Even if he didn't get to Russell Wilson and take him down, he was in his face all night long. I think that's 9.5 sacks for Dante Fowler on the year. And man, I remember going back in the preseason, we were talking about over-unders at six and everyone seemed to want to take the under. He is way over that mark with games to go. He has been an awesome addition for the Rams. We paid him on a one-year deal and we've got Corey Littleton to sign next year. But man, it's going to be interesting to see if we can figure out a way to keep these guys together because this defense is playing amazing. Of course, Aaron Donald pitching again as well with one and a half sacks. He's just on fire right now. He loves putting pressure on Russell Wilson. I saw some hate earlier on, you know, Aaron Donald's slow start to this game. If you go back, he's getting double teamed on every play. He caused a couple holding penalties. He's allowing other guys like Dante Fowler, when he's getting a double team, to go around and make plays. So, yes, a little slow start to this game. But, man, he does wear you down and he makes his presence felt. Only two tackles, one solo, but that one and a half sacks and really just eating up the middle of that defense and allowing other people to get in there and make plays. Taylor Rapp, gosh, we keep seeing him make plays, come in and tackle at the line of scrimmage. He had six tackles, four solo, and he's really helping out in the run game as well as still being back there in that secondary and making plays back there. But we got to talk. We're talking secondary. And no, we're not talking about Jalen Ramsey. I love your smack talk. I love you getting inside of people's heads. I'm talking about Troy Hill, y'all. Three tackles, two solo couple pass deflects, the interception at the very end of the game to seal it. He was not having it on Sunday. They kept trying to test him. They kept going his way. He stood strong, and even when completions went his way, he was right on top of it. Troy Hill, someone we'll be talking more about later in this podcast. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you get what I'm saying, Troy Hill, another great game, man. This defense, though, we mentioned it in the first segment as we were bragging about the offense. If you're a playoff team right now, you're really hoping that the Rams... Don't make it in, and you don't have to see them in the first round or second round because they're playing with confidence. Their offense is finally moving. They're giving Todd Gurley the ball, and the defense is lights out. And I mentioned it briefly, but one of the things that I got to love about this game, and this goes across the full units here, but the penalties, something that we've complained a lot about. We've given away play action balls on these podcasts to the whole team about how they've played and how they've been mentally and making mistakes. This game, not so much. Three penalties for 20 yards, and I think that first penalty came right at the end of the first half, so all first half, basically, no penalties till the very end. Three in total. On the other side, Seahawks, eight penalties, 64 yards. There were some big plays that were wiped off the board, especially when they were down trying to make moves. The Rams kept their cool. They kept their composure. 
I want to say only one of those was on the offensive line. So big improvement over the last couple weeks, continuing to tighten that up. And that's all about coaching, discipline. And that is something that the Rams have really shown to improve in over the last couple games. Yes, we had two turnovers. We want to win that battle compared to the one that we got to seal the game. But one's a misunderstanding with the wide receiver. Yes, you hate to see it go the other way for six points. I'm not going to kill Jared on that one. The other one was a third and two. Instead of taking a sack or a strip fumble or something that we've seen Jared do in the past, he says, you know what? I'm going to throw it up deep to where maybe one of my guys can get it. Yes, it may get picked off, but that's probably the best punt we've had all year. I don't think I've seen Johnny Hecker put it inside the five this year, unfortunately. So two mistakes. One you can live with. The other one you probably could live with. It didn't go the other way for six. But man, this defense, they saw 10 drives by the Seahawks, only gave them 16 first downs compared to the Rams' 11 drives, 26 first downs. The Rams were 7 for 13 on third down. I will take that every single time. Remember, we had a game where we went 0 of 13 on third down, throwing a couple missed fourth downs as well in that game. But man, now we're here 7 of 13. The Seahawks go 5 of 14. The Rams found ways to get off the field In third and short, third and longs, they found a way to make it difficult for Russell Wilson. He looked uncomfortable all game long, even when he was doing what he usually does and roll out making plays. There was no one there for him to throw to. And then coming down to where it counts, the red zone. The Seahawks, 0 for 2 in the red zone. The Rams, 4 of 5 in the red zone. They are getting points when they were down there. That is key. That is something we haven't seen from the Rams And we saw them converting into touchdowns. We had talked about it earlier in the year. They'd get down there. They'd move the football in between the 20s. They'd get down there and they'd have to settle for a field goal. That was not the case in the first half as they put up 21 points. In fact, they didn't even kick a field goal this game. I lied. They kicked one. It got blocked. But they didn't have a successful field goal. All points coming on touchdowns. And that's what you want to see. And in fact, it looked roll reversal. It was late in the fourth quarter and the Seahawks were kicking a field goal when they were down big. You start scratching your head going, why are they kicking a field goal here? And that was what we saw earlier from the Rams at certain points. It was nice to be on the other side of this one. If you can't tell, I am hyped up. I had a conversation with our national podcast, Locked On NFL. If you guys don't listen to it already, go check it out. It's Brian Peacock, who also does Locked On 49ers and Matt Williamson. I talked to Brian about this game in the Deion Sanders fashion of you ball, you get the call. The Rams balled. I took the call. It was amazing to represent the Rams and see after a big win in front of the national audiences. We are 8-5, and five, people. 8-5. and five. You're talking about a down year for the Rams. That looks like a pretty good damn year, if you ask me. And even looking back on the schedule, there's a couple games you wish you could have back. Man, that missed field goal up in Seattle. That close one versus Pittsburgh. The laps at home versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All those things would be great to take back, but you can't. And we're 8-5 and five still. A chance to get to the playoffs. Minnesota's got a tough road. They're here in LA versus the Chargers. They got Green Bay on Monday night, and they finish with the Chicago Bears, who are looking as hot as they've been all season. I like our chances, but as McVay says, focus on what we can control. We got to win ball games that are in front of us. The next one is the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about that later this week as we kind of flip the switch and start to look ahead. We'll do our crossover. We'll do all that coming up. But before we do, we got to talk about game balls. We got to talk about play action balls. I'll look at a few comments from online. Talk to you guys as well. Monday edition. Let me correct myself. Victory Monday edition. Your boy Bear Motter. We'll be right back with more. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Welcome into the third segment, Lockdown Rams Victory Monday. I'm your host, Bear Motter, breaking it all down. Don't forget to go give me a follow, LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit us up. Let me know what you think about the game. We're going to be breaking it down a little bit more tomorrow because I'm getting to things as I can here. I want to pull a little bit more from some of the press conferences that we'll hear not only tonight, but also tomorrow during the day as the players kind of get back and look at some film and talk about this. We're going to look at a few other things that I saw. So we'll keep this conversation going tomorrow as we look at this game. But also, as I mentioned in the last segment, start to look ahead to getting back out on the road versus the Dallas Cowboys. I'm excited for our crossover with Locked On Cowboys this week. I'm sure they're hurting a little bit, but we understand that we had a down slump in time. And I'm just glad to see that we're not matching the Cowboys game for game. If you guys weren't paying attention or haven't kind of seen some of the conversations that were going along on social media, the Rams up to one point. Every time the Cowboys lost, the Rams lost and vice versa. All the way up to the game last week during Thanksgiving that week. Uh, The Cowboys had lost, and the Rams won, finally kind of breaking that tradition. Then, obviously, you've seen the Rams win again, Cowboys losing and really falling off fast. Someone's got to represent that division. It may be the Cowboys, but we'll see the Eagles on Monday night football versus the Giants, so we'll see if they're looking any better. But in the past couple weeks, it looks like everyone's trying to give away that division. I wish that was the case here in the NFC West, but it's not. We've got an 11-2 team. We've got a 10-3 team, and man... There we are sitting at 8-5 and five in third place, and we are just outside the playoff picture, but we are not far out, and I'm telling you right now, the Minnesota Vikings are looking back, and they have got to be scared. The way we are playing football and some of the opponents that both teams have, they've got to be just as perfect as we do, and it starts one game at a time. So come on, LA Chargers. You got a big win down in Jacksonville. Let's see if they can turn it around, come back, and keep that offense moving. And for my fantasy value, Eckler, keep doing some good things. By the way, I haven't really updated you guys too much, but we are in playoffs in the fantasy leagues. Obviously, you guys know that if you're in other leagues around, but Locked On 
Rams Fantasy League that we did for the first time this year. We had 12 players. I'm not here to, you know, honk my own horn or anything, but uh, your boy was in the number one seed. It looks like I'll pick up a win this week, but uh, we've got a long way to go. Just like McVay, one game at a time. Fantasy football makes it so much more interesting as you're yelling at the TV all day. But it was great. Didn't have to yell at the TV on Sunday night because the Rams played, I don't want to say a perfect game, but probably one of the better games that we've seen their offense and defense against a really good opponent that no one can go around and be like, well, it was only versus the Oak. It was the Seahawks. It was the Seahawks. Yes, it was the Seahawks. 28 to 12. I'm going to just keep saying that score probably for the next couple of days because we talked all the way coming into this one that it was going to be close. We thought it was going to be close and that the Seahawks were undefeated on the road and they were really, really good in close games. And that if we wanted to just kind of make this easy for us, we'd win by eight points or more. And that is what we did. We said, you know what? Let's double down on that. We won by 16 points. And that leads us into a couple of the comments here from the Locked On Rams group, the Facebook group. Andrew Bachman says, Troy, period, Hill, period, no more slander. Andrew, my man, I totally agree with you, and we'll get to it here in just a little bit, but you know what's coming from him. He played a heck of a game, and you're right. He is locking down that other side to Jalen Ramsey, and we've got him locked in as well. We've got him signed to a contract that he'll be around for a couple years, and he is really taking on that role and responsibility on the other side extremely well. And has been one of our best guys in the secondary, if not the best in the past few games. So Troy Hill, man, heck of a game. Andrew, couldn't be more right there. Robert Greer pitched in, says, We got to keep Bobby Evans in the starting lineup when Rob Havenstein returns from injury. I 100% agree with you. I said, yes, you have to. Not only is Evans the hot hand, but the other hand, Rob, basically was dead cold before he left. So you got to stick with that hot hand because on the other side, it's not looking much better. And he played great. I mean, he held Jadeveon Clowney really to nothing in this game. Jared Goff, a clean slate, zero sacks again. This offensive line that we said couldn't stop me getting to Jared Goff now is holding up the likes of Clowney and the Seattle front line, even though coming in this game, they weren't the best of pass rushers. But still, this offensive line, Todd Gurley running the ball, and the pace in which the offense is going has really kept him clean. And those big boys up front deserve a lot of credit. So I agree with you here, Robert. We got to keep Bobby Evans in there. We'll talk to Serena about that later in the week. Patrick Anderson chimes in. Don't know about you guys, but that felt great. Nobody wants to see this team hot in the playoffs. Little emoji eyes there to kind of keep it looking. But Patrick, my man, I agree 100% with this. Getting hot at the right time is the most important things when it comes to NFL playoffs. And right now the Rams are hot. We just have to find a way to get into the dance so we can go in there and make some noise on the road in the playoffs. But you're right. There's a lot of teams right now that are looking over and going, Come on, Vikings. Larry Cole commented and said, Team played great tonight. Heavy dose of Todd Gurley, Higby, and Bobby Woods, and the defense played great. Great team win. Let's keep it going. And oh, Jared Goff, way to go. Rodney Morris chipped in with our pass rust is too beastly. Donald Fowler, Ibukum, and Matthews, Rams Nation. Rodney, man, they were all over the place. And like I said earlier, if they weren't sacking him, they were making him uncomfortable. And usually Russell Wilson running around is where he feels comfortable at most. But not this game. He was running for his life. The Rams did an amazing job. Again, only giving up six points to the Seahawks. Pretty awesome stuff. And that will lead us into our game balls and play action balls. We'll start with the play action balls. Because I want to finish on a positive note here. Uh, Only have a couple I think I could probably give out. One is going to be maybe a little unfair. But at the same time, it's a play action ball. And this is my podcast. This is what we do. Play action ball number one, Brandon Cooks. 
Zero catches, zero yards on two targets. Not to say that's all Brandon Cook's fault. He's not getting targeted a lot, only two targets. Jared Goff mentioned it in the press conference after the game when he was asked about it. And he said, without reading the quote here, that our offense is going to be changing. And from game to game, the, the game plan changes. And this tonight really just wasn't set up for him. And then in his couple opportunities, he just didn't really convert. Uh, he had the deep throw down the left-hand side that was kind of over the shoulder that hit his hands he probably should have caught. He didn't. He dropped it. The other one was the Jared Goff interception. Uh, you saw Sean McVay on the sidelines pretty upset, kind of thinking that he should have cut his route a little more to the right and that he kind of softened it up and kind of allowed the safety to come and make the play that if he kind of uh, cuts that off and heads directly to the right instead of looping it around that he can get to that ball and really, if not make the catch, that he can compete and maybe knock the ball down. So uh, not running very good routes, not really involved in the offense at this point. So play action ball, Brandon Cooks, we want to see you get back into the flow. Maybe not all your fault, but when the ball comes your way, you either got to run the route right or compete to go knock it down and or if it hits your hands, make the catch. Let's see, play action, play action, play action, play action. Play action ball. Uh, can I give it to Greg Zerline for getting a field goal blocked? Probably not. Maybe the, the push that's allowed there. I think that's all I got, folks. I think really the only thing, and I'm stretching here, by the way. Uh, Brandon Cooks didn't do anything particularly terrible or really affect us in a big way. He just didn't contribute. The one block field goal was another probably downer for the Rams at a certain point getting to that possession. And then it may be a mini one in Jared Goff. As far as I know, it's a misconnection, but you can't give up the pick six. That's all I got. We'll just give away the one. And maybe a couple of little side honorable mentions. But to the good stuff, the game balls. We got to start with Mr. Robert Woods again. This guy has really turned on the switch. And really the connection with Jared Goff has kind of picked up that they've had a couple really good back-to-back -back games. And in fact, this is the fourth consecutive game for Robert Woods where he's had at least six catches and 95 yards receiving. Of course, he ended with seven catches, 98, and a touchdown. It was really cool to see him get in the end zone. In fact, when they were coming down on that drive, I had tweeted out, said, really want to see Robert Woods get in the end zone here. Two plays, three plays later, touchdown Robert Woods. I was pretty excited to see if you just ask the Twitter gods, they will give you what you want occasionally. But then he also pitched in on the end arounds. The Rams did five wide receiver end arounds as I mentioned earlier. Uh, he pitched in with 29 yards on his two carries. They were all, I think, on that same drive. That drive might even been the one that started on their own five-yard line, I believe. And the Rams ended up putting up 95 yards and marched down the field, uh, putting up a touchdown. But Robert Woods in the receiving game, you got to give him love. And if we're talking about the receiving game, we mentioned him earlier, the three headed monster of the Rams the last two weeks. That has also included Tyler Higby, seven catches, 116 yards, another personal best. He broke his best from last week by just a few yards. Uh, the long of 33, which was actually started out that drive. I was just talking about that 95 yard drive. It was third and, you know, five, six or whatever it was. And Jared Goff rolls out and finds Tyler Higby kind of across his body. He talked about not being the best throw that you always want to make, but when you got a guy open and you have the trust that those two have, you make that throw. And then Tyler Higby doing, which we hadn't seen him do a lot earlier in the season, catching the ball, turning upfield, and turn it into some yaks, some yards after catch. Uh, 33 yards on that play and really kind of sparked that drive. When you're looking down in your own side, inside your five, third down, if you don't get that, you're punting, you're giving Seattle great position instead 
keeping the drive alive and getting us out of the shadow of our own end zone and then getting up to continue to kind of move that football down and ended in, in a Todd Gurley touchdown run with the stiff arm to the face. Can't wait to see that picture. And as we talk about Todd Gurley, might as well give him a game ball. 23 carries, 79 yards, and that touchdown that kind of capped off this game offensively. Sean McVay talked about it. It was big for him because in the second half, they had you know a couple drives where, again, we're talking about moving the football in between the 20s couple miscommunications, a few errors, a turnover, and to kind of cap off a drive and kind of say, hey, we've been playing pretty good offense even in the second half, but now we finally get points for it. And then also to kind of put that distance to the Seahawks and kind of say, hey, this thing's this thing's done, you guys. And the one exciting thing for me as well was seeing Todd Gurley involved in the throwing game. Four catches, 34 yards, along the 20. A couple times Jared Goff was looking downfield. He didn't stress out with the pass rush. Instead, he looked to dump the ball down. And that is what we have been dying for him to do. Not always try to make the big play. Look for your man Todd Gurley, who's a couple yards away from you, and he's going to bail you out on some of those plays. And then like on that 20-yard carry, he's going to turn it upfield and get some yards after catch. So another great performance from him. Those three guys all get game balls on the offensive side. Defensively, Dante Fowler. Got to give him a game ball, man. Hustle central from this guy. He was all over the field, as I mentioned. One and a half sacks, one tackle for loss. Four tackles, two solo. The energy that he brought, really you could feel it. Fuel the rest of the defense. Got to give him a game ball. And if I'm giving him a game ball, I'm giving the other guy that is fueling the energy. That's Aaron Donald. He had a sack and a half. Two total tackles, one solo. Got a couple holding penalties called on him. He's sucking up double team. He's allowing other people to make the play. And he is a never-ending source of energy. And you can tell the rest of the defense feeds off of him. Uh, game ball to my man Aaron Donald. And then to complete this thing, you already know. I've kind of teased it a couple times. But Troy Stinkin' Hill. One interception, couple pass deflects, three tackles, two solo. Just overall had a great ball game. We talk about the confidence of Jared Goff and that offense and kind of getting things clicking again. But this defense, Jalen Ramsey, he doesn't lack any confidence. And you feel some of that going over to Troy Hill. He wanted all that smoke on the other side. And he got it. And he did a great job again delivering, helping to shut down the Seattle pass offense Troy Hill, amazing game. I'm excited to see you excel. I'm excited to be able to give you game balls. This Rams defense did an amazing job holding down Russell Wilson, and a big part of that is Troy Hill. So game ball, my friend Troy Hill. Awesome stuff from both sides of the ball. Loved it. Looks like we came out clean in this. No injuries to really report yet. But we'll be back tomorrow breaking this thing down a little bit further. We'll get some more quotes and notes from some of the players and things that happen as we pull some pro football focus numbers as well appreciate you guys listening always hope you guys are having a great monday whether it's early in the morning you're heading to work or you are coming back i hope this got you going on monday morning eight and five eight and five and we have got the minnesota vikings in our sights can't wait to be back tomorrow to talk more about it but until then rams nation you know what it is until next time Peace.
Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.